So I started off my conversion course in a really keen, making sure that for every single tutorial, I'd read the textbook, read the case notes, been to the lecture, and it was just so much stuff to do for every single workshop. And actually, I realized as you go along, you don't need to do that at all, because all you're going to be testing on is this really set formula in the exam every single time. everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This podcast is brought to you by Feed Ignite. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast Series. My name is Camilla and I'm an LPC student and future trainee solicitor. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by James Richardson, a qualified lawyer and founder of Law Answered, which is a company creating first-class revision and study notes for the LPC, LLB and GDL. In this episode, James provides insight into his journey so far, why he decided to start Law Answered and also provide some tips on how to improve your chances of achieving top grades. Before we get into the episode, please could I remind the listeners to subscribe if you haven't already and also leave us a rating. So without further ado, let's welcome James onto the show. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast, James. It's great to have you on the show. Camilla, yeah, it's great to be here as well. Fantastic. Okay, so let's get straight up into the questions. Um, can you just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about your career journey to date? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I started out at Hogan Lovells uh, in London. So I trained there and had four, yeah, four great seats there, actually. So in, uh, in disputes, in banking, um, in public law, which is really interesting as well, involving uh, like a case on the civil war in Libya. Um, oh, and also a seat in um, in Hong Kong too, which was uh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant place to be. Uh, before, of course, all the all the recent uh, difficulties kicked off too. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and then I qualified into disputes and insurance as well. So stayed there for a few years post qualification, um, and that was yeah, very interesting actually, working on quite a quite a broad range of stuff. So I think it was great not to get pigeonholed into <laughs> into one area of law and then I moved actually um, moved in house and moved to uh, an insurer first well an agency really um, and then to, to work on underwriting and then I moved to uh, an insure tech uh, startup uh, which is where I am now as uh, as in-house counsel which is uh, which is great fun so working on a whole wide range of legal issues like anything and everything that, that crop, crops up for a small growing company. Well, that sounds like such an interesting and varied experience. Um, So let's rewind a little bit uh, back to university. Um, I noticed that you graduated with a first class degree at university, a distinction in your GDL and a distinction in your LPC. And those are brilliant grades. And I'm sure that many of our student listeners will will aspire to those kind of grades. Um, What are some good study habits or skills that students can adopt um, which should help uh, boost their chances of uh, securing those high grades yeah sure I mean I think I think in a way it kind of depends on the course you're studying because I think there's a need to adapt how you study and learn to the course you're doing so your degree at university is going to require a lot more in the way of 
uh, essay writing skills. So there's kind of, and there's going to be a lot more need to read around, but the GDL and the LPC are a bit more prescriptive. You're kind of expected to know a very set syllabus and it's really about how you apply it in the exam. So I think adapting your learning style, first of all. Um, so for example, if you take, uh, if you take the GDL, you know that you have to work through every question as step-by-step way. So don't just go away and read a chapter of the textbook and try and sum it up and say, okay, now I know about privity and contract law. Actually go away and think, okay, they're going to ask me a problem question on this. You know, how should I look at it? All right, step one, I need to identify the relevant people here. Step two, I need to write down what the conduct is. Step three, I need to identify which of these possible contract rules are applying. Step four, look at the kind of cases. Are there any exceptions? So really take that really structured approach in your notes to um, learning it towards the exam. Fantastic. Um, and and what was your experience like applying for training contracts as a non-law student? And, and do you have any tips for non-law students who are interested in a career in law? Yeah, I think um, it's quite it's quite different actually in in terms of the years when I applied. So I started applying for VAC schemes and training contracts uh, midway through uni, um, and in my second year, I sent off loads of applications. Heard back from almost none of them whatsoever. Um, but, you know, I was lucky in getting some work experience, uh, managed to get some work experience in a think tank, actually. So so working on political ideas, which was really interesting. Um, and actually, then when I came back the next year, so in my third year of, uh, of my degree, which was politics and philosophy, I um, started applying for VAC schemes and training contracts again. And actually, my experience that next year was exactly the opposite to what it was the previous year. I suddenly was was getting uh, interview requests from actually most of the places I applied to. So, I think don't don't be deterred if you if you just don't hear back from anyone. If you meet a wall of silence or a load of rejections, because um, the next year things might be different. Like go away and get some work experience. It doesn't have to be legal experience. It can just be in anything else that shows that you're shows that you're keen, that you're bright, that you want to learn and uh, develop your career. Uh, and, you know, hopefully has some some relevance to law that you can spin in an interview and say, you know, I picked this uh, because, you know, ultimately I want to be a lawyer and it shows a similar set of skills. So so don't be put off. I think that'd be a big tip as well. And second tip is trying trying to think in slightly unusual ways about how you might be able to get work experience. So obviously some people are going to be blessed because they've got family members who uh, you know, who are lawyers and can talk to them all about it and they can go and get, you know, work shadowing with them. But in my case, I didn't have anyone in my family who was like that, but um, a family friend had been going through an employment dispute um, and she actually asked her barrister for me, you know, do you know anyone that, that might be able to, to get some work experience? Uh, and then he asked a solicitor friend. So that's actually how I managed to get my first legal work experience. And once you've, once you've got your foot in the door, um, it's, it's then becomes easier to get more work experience and kind of paint a bit of a picture on your CV and on your VAC scheme and training contract um, applications as well. So, yeah, think outside the box when it comes to trying to get experience, you know, not not who you know, but like who your friends and friends might know. You know, are there any companies uh, that you've been in touch with that you could talk to about work shadowing, uh, like your local high street solicitors? Do they just, you know, might might they give you a day just, just hanging around the office? I mean, it all counts. It doesn't really matter um, how much you do at the start, as long as you kind of, you're showing on your CV a story that, you know, this is, this is the career you're trying to build. That's great advice. And um, 
uh, it just sort of reminds me of when I was trying to get work experience as well. Um, I think I sent out countless um, emails to any firms in my area, really, to see if I could get like some work shadowing or work experience in, you know, high street firms. And um, it's crazy because, you know, I sent out perhaps hundreds, but, and I got, I got one week work experience from that. So it's definitely worth it, but that experience was great. And it was, um, and it really kind of helped me shape my, you know, why commercial law answer and, you know, evidence interest um, in the legal profession on my CV. So yeah, I definitely echo what what you said. That's that's amazing that you spent so long applying. Um, It was was similar for me as well, because it's like a project, isn't it? You have to actually put time aside to be like, okay, you know, this afternoon, uh, or, you know, this week is where I'm just going to sit down and just nail applications. Yeah, definitely. And I think you have to understand that, you know, 95% of the time you're going to potentially get ignored or rejected. But if you keep going, someone will give you a chance. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think the top skills that trainees need to learn are? Yeah, good uh, good question, really. So uh, as a trainee, you're going you're gonna to be expected to learn, but also you've actually genuinely got to support the associate or the senior associate or the, the partner, whoever you're working with in that seat. Um, and ultimately, you know, they're going to be really busy as well, and they actually do need someone competent to assist them. They're not just there to, you know, train you up really uh that's something you have to pick up on on the job and along the way and you know as part of the more formal programs that say the hr team might run but you need to you need to kind of throw yourself into it and show that you're you're really willing to learn and you're willing to help out in in any way they can and and really just get stuck into it all so uh you know that don't don't be someone who just hangs back and you know sticks to their nine to five hours actually throw yourself into there and see what you can get out of the experience and keep a kind of positive attitude as well so one actually one um supervisor i remember chatting to said the best trainee they'd ever had wasn't the one who actually did the best job in terms of the output they produce but it was the one who always kept her updated on on what he was doing so um you know (laughs) in a in a way kind of like project management skills so letting her know how many tasks he was on, how long he expected each one to take, which he was prioritizing when he'd get back to her on certain things. And that's really good because then your supervisor knows that uh, you've got to handle on things and that you're coping with the workload and when they can expect things back so that they can plan their own workload. So um, that's really important as well. Another one you'll hear is um, attention to detail. Um, I mean, everyone says that. What, is it, what does it really mean? I mean, it means proofing things multiple times effectively. Um, going back over things and looking at it again so you know when you're done with something don't just look over it once and fire it out you know take 10 minutes make a cup of tea or do another piece of work and come back to it afterwards just read over it again because you will always spot something that's another one another key phrase is commercial awareness people are always chucking this around um, <laughs> and it's a classic absolutely classic thing to write on your application like i'm commercially aware and but that doesn't mean anything like you have to mm-hmm. actually um well, I mean, what it really means is that you understand how a company works and what its priorities are. Um, so you can, I mean, you can demonstrate that in so many different ways by actually getting out there and getting stuff done. You don't need to just always be kind of banging on about how you read the Financial Times as well. So, um, but also ultimately, I guess, just do the job that you're being being um, being asked to do to, to the best of your abilities and, and learn as much as you can along the way. 
Thank you. That's really great insight. Um, and I, I think the point about communication and just letting your supervisor know exactly what is going on um, is really um, helpful, I think, definitely. So let's move on to um, Law Answered now, because I'm really excited to ask you some questions about that. I've been using the LPC guide when preparing for my LPC exams, um, and I found it you know, an invaluable resource. Um, so I'd just like to know, when did you decide to start Law Answered, and what was your vision for the company? Yeah, sure. And um, can, I, can I just say as well that I love that you use our LPC guide. Um, I think that's brilliant. I'm really glad that it helps. Good. Yeah, when did I decide to start it? So, um, so in addition to my day job, which is legal counsel for a uh, a tech company as well, I run along with a few others um, a business called Law Answered, which uh, produces basically really good notes for law students. So the idea is that we just cut through all of the waffle and all of the noise that that you hear in in lectures and textbooks and tell you that you know this is what you need to know for the exam. Um, so a bit like I was saying earlier, you know, step one, say this, step two, say this. Um, so that's, that's really the whole point of it. And I think it started out, uh, on the GDL for me when I was, when I was doing my conversion course, I got given this box of books at the door by the postman. Um, and it weighed almost like a literal ton. Uh, it had 26 textbooks in there. Um, and wow. I, I just like staggered under the weight of it. And so I started off my conversion course, you know, really keen, making sure that for every single um, tutorial, I'd read the textbook, read the case notes, uh, read their own study manual, uh, been to the lecture and looked at the slides for that as well. Um, and it was just like just so much stuff to do for every single workshop. And actually, I realized as you go along, you don't need to do that at all because all you're going to be tested on is this really set formula in the exam every single time. Like the exam questions don't vary too much. So if you learn the technique, you can use that as a better way to learn along the way. So uh, so that's really where the inspiration came from. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm using my notes to do this. Um, other people in, in my class, I've shared it with, are finding it really helpful as well. Um, so I got together with with another um, another guy as well, and we started producing notes for the conversion course. And then it grew every year after that. We got more and more uh, people with firsts and, and distinctions in, and eventually tutors and and lawyers um, as well. So, you know, these are these are the notes that that we've um, we've got distinctions with that we've we've qualified with, and that have been you know improved and professionalised over time. Like we now have uh, a former partner and a and a U Law um, skills advisor who helps uh, edit our books along with our actual um, editorial team and our, our lawyers and tutors and and comments from students as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's how I decided to start it, and, and the vision for the company really is to genuinely be the best notes out there for students. You know, think of these as as what you need to know for the exams cut through all of all of the nonsense that you might hear otherwise and genuinely have notes that really um really uh well make it the best for students but um there's there's something i'm really excited about as well with with the sqe coming up uh so obviously the, there's a big change for the sqe in that you can self-study you don't need to go and pay 15 grand to bpp um so it really really hopefully will improve accessibility to the law and that's one of the big aims of the sra in making it so we want to be able to to do that. We want to be able to provide really good quality, affordable notes that anyone can use to prepare uh, for the SQE exam. And hopefully, you know, we're going to be bringing out online learning materials and question banks to test yourself as well. So the idea is that we'll uh, you know, really hope hope to um, 
improve accessibility to the law and make it more affordable for so many people. Well, that sounds really good and really exciting um, that you're going to be sort of expanding out into those different areas as well. Um, fantastic. So I just want to ask you about the LLB guides, because I know you've got some LLB guides, um, which are in that similar format. Um, I just wondered whether, like, how you think that they're different to the other revision guides that, that are on the market, because um, I know that there are a few others. So I just wondered if you'd mind sharing about how they're different. Yeah, sure. I mean, the first point really is that uh, we we were all students and now we're qualified lawyers, whereas the other the other guides that are out there, you know, nutshells and concentrate, are great guides and they're all completely factually accurate. But they're all written by um, lecturers and, and professors, so some of them can really sort of get stuck into the academic weeds of it and not really focus on this is what you need to know for the exam. So we've really designed our LLB guides to help people ace their their grades. You know, it's it's not a replacement for a textbook. It's it's there to help you just absolutely smash your exams. So we've also included a load of clever learning features to help people do that. So we have mini exam structures, we have flow charts, we pick things out in key cases and concepts pages as well. So the idea is really get this into your head and really help you learn it with a focus on on the exam. And I think so many other LLB guides out there just just don't really have that focus. They just kind of condense a load of legal knowledge into a little book. And you know that that might be great for learning about the law, but it's not necessarily going to get you a good mark. Great. Okay. So I, what I'll do for the listeners is um, leave a link to uh, Law Answered and the LLB guides as well in the show notes. So if anyone wants to go and check them out, then um, the details will be there. Um, so what's next for Law Answered? I know we've touched on this a little bit already, um, but yeah, I just wondered if you have any sort of future plans that you'd like to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're really keen to produce notes for the SQE so that people qualifying as a lawyer can, uh, well, have much more affordable notes and they don't have to spend thousands and thousands on law school and they can uh, use the resources that, that we're making. So not just notes, but kind of online course as well. So we're going to have online material and test yourself question banks and other kind of revision aids. So that's that's a really big aim for us. And I think it's um, it's a really exciting opportunity to, to um, do something for the SQE and uh, go beyond just producing, producing notes as well. So we'd love to be the go-to guide for for um for students on well all of the law courses really so we particularly want to help out llb students too so we're, we're producing more llb guides we're currently working on a new casebook for consumer and commercial law as well hoping to expand our range of, of guides there we've got nine uh, core guides and nine casebooks for the llb at the moment we want more you know family is one for example that we're, we're hoping to to work on next with the help of a family lawyer so we're yeah we're, we're hoping to grow both the LLB and uh, get ready for the new um, age of SQE legal education as well. Well, I'm very excited to see, um, yeah, what, what, what you um, bring out then in the ne- in the next um, year or so for that. that that's really exciting. Um, so, James, just a final question before we let you go, but do you have any career highlights or interesting cases that you've worked on that you could share with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was one actually I touched on at the start, which was working on a a case involving uh, who was the rightful government of, of Libya, which is, of course, still going through its its um, civil war. Um, but it, and yeah, it was a it was a it was a pretty horrendous situation um, for them to be on. But in in terms of working on a case that actually has really significant 
public impact. It's really interesting to do that. Um, and then there was another case as well, which I really enjoyed, where uh, it actually involved working in Germany for a period as well, which was to do with um, the VW Dieselgate scandal. I don't know, don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. So VW obviously was um, uh, accused of rigging all its emissions tests and putting false emissions numbers out there. But actually, it's quite a complicated picture because the auto industry isn't, you know, it's, it's not just one company producing everything. There's this whole supply chain of engineering companies um, everywhere and that are all involved to a lesser or greater degree. And, you know, they, they don't know what's going on necessarily, but, you know, they, they're supplying a component to, to the car in the end so we were involved as part of that and it was actually really interesting getting to go down to the plant and interview engineers and piece together emails and work out what what had gone on and whether anyone had actually done anything um bad or not so so that was really fascinating again to be part of something that um was in the headlines too definitely uh, you you really are part of commercial history um working working on that so that's that's really exciting only a small part (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's the end of my questions now. Um, but thank you so much for being a guest on the Student Lawyer Podcast. It's been great to have you on. You've given some great advice. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to see um, what, what happens next with uh, Law Answered. So I'll leave all the details to Law Answered in the show notes. But thanks awesome. to all the listeners for tuning in as well. Um, and yeah, see you next time. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for having me. And to, also to anyone who's out there who... Um, is listening in if you want to drop um drop me a line via help at lawanswer.com uh just feel free to and uh yeah i'll, I'll get in touch with you if, uh, if there's anything i can do to help so yeah thank you very much thanks a lot bye to hear more of the student lawyers podcast hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review if you would like to join The Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. We'd like to thank Felix Knight for producing this podcast today. <laughs>